Collegiately speaking. Walks into the end zone. Touches to the end zone. This is Collegiately Speaking. With the voice of Northwestern football and basketball, Dave Ennett, and former Northwestern star quarterback, Dan Ursa, is Collegially Speaking. Let's go. And welcome to another edition of Collegiately Speaking. We join you every week to take a look at college football with a focus on the Northwestern Wildcats and other developments around the Big Ten. I'm Dave Ennett, uh, my regular partner, Dan Persa, on assignment uh, this week and unable to be with us. He'll be back with us again next week. The uh, Wildcats getting set to uh, set foot for... uh, State College, Pennsylvania, and Beaver Stadium. They will take on the 11th-ranked Penn State Nittany Lions on Saturday. That'll be a 2.30 kickoff Chicago time. Of course, we'll have it for you on WGN Radio. Ted Albrecht and I will be with you at 2 p.m. Central on Saturday for the Cats and the Nittany Lions. It's been a while since they've played each other. Uh, Last time that Northwestern and Penn State met, they met at Ryan Field in Evanston. And Saquon Barkley was the star for Penn State in that game, a 31-7 Penn State win. And the Cats haven't been to Happy Valley since 2014. It's been a long time, and it'll be good to be there and see my good friend Steve Jones, the voice of the Nittany Lions and one of the best announcers around of the Big Ten. And uh, Steve, I appreciate you taking a few minutes to be with us. It's It's been a while for these teams. It's almost like... A kind of going into a non-conference game i know the coaches see tape of of every team in the big 10 every week because they're looking at opponents past opponents future opponents but uh it's it's going to be strange to be there because it's been so long and i wonder as you look at penn state now and being number 11 in the country going into this game Four and oh, what's the the biggest thing you've learned about uh, this Nittany Lions team through the first four games? Well, first of all, Dave, it's great to be with you, uh, as always, my friend. And number two, uh, about the the way the conference is structured schedule wise, this is wrong. I mean, you should not, it should not be eight years since Northwestern's been here, it shouldn't be five years since they played. You're in the conference. Mm-hmm. They should be rotating opponents so everybody's playing everybody over a shorter period of time. That's just me. Uh, now, as for Penn State, I think that the, the the biggest element with this team has been the emergence of the freshmen because they have put and injected more depth and more speed into the Penn State lineup. Singleton, Allen at running back, Amari Evans as a wide receiver to go with an Abdul Carter on defense at Denai Dennis Sutton. They they have a strong secondary where they're playing six and sometimes seven defensive backs. And I think they've been able to do that. They've been able to develop depth over the opening four games of the season, winning all four, including two on the road. And I think that's the part that's uh, really impressed me the most so far. Yeah, I mean, starting with that Purdue game, which the whole country got to watch on a Thursday night, and and then um, the, the game I think that intrigued everybody was was Auburn. I mean, that's 
kind of been aside from that Purdue game and that's a conference game and you can't uh, overstate the importance of getting that win but uh, to go into Auburn and handle them after they played that that really a classic game last year at State College but to go in there and handle them the way they did uh, that was kind of a statement for them wasn't it? It was, Dave, because they won the trenches on both sides. And when you play an SEC team, you have to win the trenches on both sides of the ball because that is, in essence, despite all the great skilled players they have in that conference, that's where they've been winning championships is up front. And Penn State went in there and was able to run football, protect Clifford, and conversely stop the Auburn running game, which is really good, Bigsby and, and Hunter and take away their passing game along the way. And that's what they did by winning up front. And that's the part that struck me about this is the progress they've made in a year since the last time they played. I'll be honest with you, Dave, I thought Penn State was probably two touchdowns better than Auburn going into the game, but they won by an even wider margin Mm -hmm. than that. Yeah, 41-12. to When when you look back at last year, Steve, the the Nittany Lions, 7-6, and Um, but if you look at the, the teams they lost to, I believe at least three of them were in the top 10 or, or maybe even higher than that at the time they played them. Uh, Iowa, Ohio State, uh, Michigan, and uh, and then Michigan State also at the end of the year. <laughs> so I, yeah. I guess that kind of skews the way you look at that record a little bit, doesn't it? The They lost by nine in Ohio State, and the other losses were all by less than seven. Right. Uh, and injuries were the big reason why, Dave. Uh, Mustafer got knocked out for the year. Several other defenders got knocked out for a period of time. Sean Clifford played hurt the rest of the season. They had a running game at that time with Allen or Singleton. They were both in high school at the time to compensate for a quarterback that was playing wounded. And they didn't have the depth to handle it. And that's one of the reasons why when I look at this team, it feels different because you know they have more depth this year. It may not be experience depth, but it's an athletic depth. And I think that has made a big difference. Why I think this team is a little different than last year because of the injection of freshmen and the depth that they have provided to the program that they didn't have a year ago. You use the word experience, and when it comes to experience at the quarterback position, nobody can top uh, what you guys have. I mean, that's the amazing part. When you talk about these teams not having seen each other, it's amazing that that there are players who will not face other teams in the Big Ten throughout the course of their careers. And Penn State's had them, and Northwestern's had them, and they haven't faced each other. But, but Clifford, you have to get to, finally, to his what his uh, his final year for him to match up against Northwestern. How much growth have you seen in him over the course of his long Penn State career? Dave, the running joke between the two of us has been when we've spoken in front of groups, who's been here longer, him or me? (laughs) (laughs) Now, I have the gray hair that wins. (laughs) But but the growth has been – the key to his growth, Dave, has been essential of having Mike Yurcich here for a second straight year as an offensive coordinator. He hadn't had that. You know, he goes from Joe Moorhead to Ricky Ronnie to Kirk Shiraka. They were changing offensive coordinators because, you know, Joe got hired as a head coach at Mississippi State. Ricky got hired as a head coach at Old Dominion. The guys were moving up. 
So this is the first time he's had an offensive coordinator for a second straight year, and the continuity has really benefited him. Dave, he goes, uh, now when they make a call, he knows what Mike's thinking. Conversely, Mike knows how to call plays that match Sean, and that makes a big difference. It's what I always, always admired about Pat's staff. Pat's continuity was great. And that's why he was able to always turn out some really good teams at Northwestern because everybody was on the same page. The language was the same every single year. The terminology was the same every year. How they wanted to play, everybody understood how they wanted to play. There was a way for Northwestern to win. And Pat did that, much like Joe did all these years. Today is a little bit different. There's more moving around. And you know, as I mentioned, guys are getting head coaching jobs. So finally, Sean has a guy that's with him for a second straight year. Now he's thinking the same way the coordinator does. The coordinator thinks the same way the quarterback does. And you and I both know that makes a big difference. No doubt about that. Let me bring in uh, Joe Romano who's got a question for you. Joe? Steve, thanks again for taking the time uh, this morning. Coach James Franklin is one of a handful of Big Ten coaches to get new uh, new contract extension this offseason. Is that something that's a constant talking point among, among uh, Penn State fans or only if and when the things go south? I mean, Joe, the time they talked about it was last year when they were going round and round about whether he would get a contract extension or not. So that was discussed a lot last year in October and into early November in particular. Since he's had the contract, that's all that talk has settled down. Now it's concentrating on the season. You and I both know it's all going to depend on the record and how you play and so forth as time goes. But the the comfort of a 10-year extension you know, you're at a place that since, what, 1950, they've had four coaches. And one was here two years, Bill O'Brien. So they really essentially have three coaches since 1950, Rip Engel, Joe, and James. Unbelievable. And people people are used to that kind of continuity. I mean, look at the Steelers, for goodness sakes. Even in the pros, it happens. <laughs> Chuck Noll, Bill Cowher, Mike Tomlin. Okay. Uh, so that's just, you know... And, there is something about the steadiness of it. That's why I admire what Northwestern's done with Pat. 17 seasons. You can't put a price on that kind of quality and continuity. And I think it means a lot to the program, and I think that's why Northwestern has been able to do some of the really terrific things they've done because of Pat, because of the commitment to him, because of the continuity and the steadiness of it. And James has brought that steadiness because in the first couple of years, every time we do a quarterback club together, somebody would bring up, you're going to stay here, right? You're going to stay here, right? Because everybody was always worried he'd leave. Well, now he's been here now in his ninth season, he still got another nine and a half years to go on this deal, and you feel like, especially in recruiting, they don't have to ask the question, um, how long are you going to be there? That question doesn't have to come up in recruiting because they've already got that answer, and I think that makes a big difference. Well, I, th- I think we've seen that at Northwestern, too, with Fitz, where it's come up yes. every few years. Well, he's, the Packers want him, or this NFL team, or or some other school is coming after him. But, but clearly, I think you're right, Steve. I think it makes a big difference when uh, there there aren't the constant, there isn't the constant speculation, and, and it comes up in recruiting that this guy isn't going to be here. Um, because, and let's face it, Northwestern 
Western used to be that kind of a job. Uh, prior to Gary Barnett, uh, I mean, you go back to Eric Parsegan, and uh, he he ended up going to Notre Dame, and so the, the fear always became that the guys would leave and, and go to the next opportunity, and uh, clearly – the guys who have been here have committed to it long term, and I think it does it does help a lot. There's one there's one number that jumps out at me as I look at this game on Saturday. It's plus eight, and and there's yeah. a second one minus five, and those are the respective turnover margins of these two teams. Yeah, Manny Diaz came in here, the former head coach at Miami, and we all know at Miami what did they emphasize defensively when Manny was there. Take away, take away, take away. They even had that, but take away chain, something like that. I think Joe has a replica of it over at his apartment. And uh, <laughs> I'm Joe. And, uh, and, that, and that's what he emphasizes. And that's what they've done. They've been able to go out and get the takeaways. And you know, and conversely, when you're doing giveaway takeaway, it also means you're protecting the ball. They've only had the one turnover to this point. And yeah, you talked about what Northwestern's done, and that's you know, and obviously during this this tough stretch they've had, that that's been the, the turnover part. You know, they've been doing a good job on big plays, but here's another. I'll give you another one, Dave. Right, five hundred eighty, five hundred eighty four. That's the number of yards Penn State has in drive start advantage over the opponents in four games. That's one hundred and forty six yards in field position per game. That's huge. That's a field and a half. Yeah. And that is in turn because of the takeaways, possessing the ball yourself, and obviously the hidden yards in the kicking game. And that's been very important as to how Penn State has been playing its games uh, to this point. They've had that field position advantage because of the takeaways you talk about, because they're protecting the ball, and also when they've had to kick, they've also kicked from a spot in the field where they're dumping the ball inside the 10-yard line. It's made a big difference. Well, this will be interesting, and you and I both know things always feel a little bit different when you get back into Big Ten play, so we'll see if Northwestern plays better and Penn State maintains or improves upon the level they've played at, because uh, I I have a feeling that uh, Northwestern will play better. I don't know if that's going to be good enough against this this Penn State team, but I think it'll be a fun day in State College and uh, looking forward to seeing you on Saturday and looking forward to getting back in that great atmosphere. Great respect for Fitz. Really, I watched the tape. You can tell Northwestern's a better team than that. You can just see it. And I, yeah, you mentioned 2014. Penn State was 4-0 going into that game. Northwestern won a 29-6. All right? I remember. It's etched, yeah. Dave. It's etched in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> that was the Anthony Walker pick six, I think, that year. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it was. What a player. I can't wait to see you, Dave. Cannot wait to see you, my friend. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate the time today, and we will see you on Saturday. Thanks, Dave. Joe, thank you so much. That is Steve Jones, the outstanding play-by-play voice of the Penn State Nittany Lions, who will host Northwestern on Saturday at Beaver Stadium. First visit there for the Cats uh, since 2014, as as we mentioned. And so now the uh, the Wildcats get back into Big Ten play, where they are 1-0. In fact, they're 1-0 in the Big Ten West. And they go off to State College on Saturday. And it's a pleasure to welcome this guy to Collegiately Speaking. Uh, joining Dave Ennett, it is Peter Skaronsky, the starting left tackle for the Wildcats out of Maine South High School, who will be facing Penn State for the first time. And, and Peter, we were just talking about the fact that 
you know, it's it's so strange that uh, teams can go a long time in the Big Ten without playing each other. You haven't faced Penn State before this. You, you faced Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game. You played at Michigan. Seems like you've seen most of the Big Ten. This is one team you have not faced before, and I just wonder what your thoughts are about going into State College, a place I'm sure you've watched a million times on TV. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. It's, it's kind of crazy you mentioned that. Um, I think we were supposed to play them my freshman year mm-hmm. um, before the the canceling and the whole rescheduling thing. So that would have been my first game, my uh, college career. Um, but yeah, you know, it's such a tremendous atmosphere. You can even just you know being able to tell on TV and through media. Um, it'll be it'll be a great experience. But I'm really excited for my first uh, state college experience. You know, Peter, and I appreciate you joining us today. We always hear, and we've heard Coach Fitz say this many times. We've heard many of your teammates and your predecessors say, you know, you go to a place like Northwestern to play those high-level games, to play in the Big Ten, to play in front of crowds of 90 to 100,000. When when you were being recruited by everybody out of Maine South High School, did, did you look at that? Were you looking at that opportunity to play in this kind of arena, in this kind of game, yeah, I think I think that's something you always think about growing up watching college football. Um, is you know playing these great cathedrals, college football, almost so to speak. Um, and I think you know that's what that's what makes the Big Ten special that you get to play um, at Nebraska, at the Big House, and then especially at Penn State. You know, it's it's one of the top environments in football and really the world in terms of sporting venues, in my opinion. You know. Your career has been interesting, and and you have uh, a, way, a long way to go still. But uh, you you come in, you start your college career, and the pandemic hits, as you mentioned, and you guys uh, end up winning the Big Ten West. You go to the Big Ten championship game. You give Ohio State about all they could handle. Then you go to the Citrus Bowl and beat Auburn, and then you see kind of the other side of it last year where you struggle and and so far through four games you had a big win against nebraska over in dublin now you've dropped three in a row uh i i just wonder as you look back on that on that freshman season did you have any expectations as to how your college career was going to unfold were do you think it would have the the kind of uh highs and lows that you've had here in your third season yeah, I don't know if you can really look ahead and predict exactly what's going to happen. Um, it's sort of something you you take week by week um, and you prepare for your opponent and you do your best to win every game. Um, you know, I don't know if I, you know, obviously I hope it would have gone a lot better last year and these past two weeks, but um, it's just sort of a week by week thing. And I, I think we do look back, I do look back on that freshman year and sort of, sort of remind myself what, what went right, what went right um, and what was doing well and try to emulate that success we had. Um, but it, it's just sort of a every every week, every week and every game is an opportunity to win. Peter, for those who don't know your background, you come from a football family. I mean, you've grown up around the game uh, with your grandfather having been a player of the National Football League. Kind of give us the family tree a little bit and how football has been a big part of the Skaronsky family. Yeah, for sure. It, it starts with my grandfather. Uh, playing in Indiana and then obviously playing for the Green Bay Packers. Um, and that's sort of, you know, all my my family, my dad's side is Packer fans, including myself. Um, and then, you know, my dad played uh, at Yale, defensive line at Yale. Um, a few of my uncles played college football, too, on both sides of the family. Um, so I've always just been 
around the game, watching Packer games, watching college football. Um, so it's just it's sort of just been a part of our family, I think, and so it's obviously a major part of me. Has it been tough? Being growing up a Packer fan in uh, in the Chicago northern northwest suburbs and and now being in in Evanston, I mean, obviously family comes first, right? But uh, let's face it, you're you're surrounded here. There's no doubt about that. Uh, yeah, it, I could say it's been tough, but it really hasn't been because the Packers have been a lot better. Than the Bears. Uh, <laughs> That's right. The they own the Bears, football. isn't they? Is that what Aaron Rodgers yeah, says? Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I've, all my friends are Bear fans and um, everyone I'm around, but it's it's nice being a Packers fan. You know, and it's interesting, too, because the Packers, there, there's been uh, a pretty good Northwestern alumni base up in Green Bay right. from the president of the team to, uh, to Dean Lowry. And Tyler Lancaster was there uh, till this year and, and other guys who've kind of been in and out there. That's, that's kind of cool for you, right, to look up at them and see, uh, see guys who wore the purple playing now for the Packers? For sure, yeah. I feel like when I watch games, I'm, I'm cheering extra hard for those guys in particular. Um, but I've, you know, I've talked to like Tyler and uh, Dan Vitale, who was there for a few years. Um, sure, it's just cool. Like it's cool to like to have guys who went to the same school as you and play with the same team, and also playing for your favorite team. Um, I think that's just kind of something you almost like, yeah, envy and you dream about. Um, but it's really cool to have have guys like that, and obviously they're doing great. So. Uh, hey, Peter, thanks again for taking the time. So it's got to be tough with a three-game losing streak, but the fact remains that you're undefeated in conference. How much of the focus is to keep the season on the rails and allow yourself to get back into the race here? For sure. Um, you know, one of our one of our goals is to win the Big Ten, win the West, win the Big Ten. Um, that's, still, that's still in front of us. So, you know, obviously we're bummed about what happened the past three weeks, but we're not we're not throwing a pity party for ourselves right now. Um, you know, I think the vibe has been positive, and we're just trying to attack the Big Ten, and it starts this week uh, with a tough opponent in Penn State. Um, so everyone's just really locked in on on this game and, and getting after them, and you know, not not dwelling too much on what happened. Obviously, it's disappointing, but we're not we're not going to be stuck in the past in that sense. What do you see from them defensively? They look pretty good. Yeah, yeah, they definitely look really good. Um, ton of talent up front on the edge, um, so that's going to be a huge challenge. Um, and then obviously playing in state college with the noise and stuff, communication is always going to be an issue on offense. But you know, obviously they're a really talented defense, so it's you know it's going to have to bring out the best of us. Um, it'll be a tremendous challenge for us. Well, um, looking forward to it, uh, Peter. We appreciate your time as always. It's been. Uh been fun watching you develop through the course of your Northwestern career, and uh, we'll look forward to a, a big day on Saturday against Penn State. Thanks very much for the time. For sure. Thanks for having me. You bet. That's Peter Skaronsky of the Wildcats. You know, I was going to ask him. Um, hey, just can you punch Peter up again real quick? I just, Peter, I, I wanted to ask you about... Um, whether you'd had a chance to look at the uh, the renderings of the new Ryan Field. I know you won't get a chance to play there, but I think everybody who's played at Northwestern and been part of success there is partly responsible for what's going to come and, and the new stadium. Have you had a chance to look it over, and what are your teammates yeah. saying about it? 
Yeah, Coach Fitz kind of stuck us a sneak peek at the at the drawings a little while ago. Um, but I think it's incredible. Um, obviously, we're really appreciative of the Ryan family and everyone's making it possible. Um, but I really like the stadium and how it's really going to enhance the atmosphere at Ryan Field. Uh, it's, it's really going to be a special place to play, um, and hopefully, you know, even more of like a home field advantage in the sense that they're devi- they're designing it. Um, but hopefully, it really benefits us and the school and the community. I, I think it will. And you'll have a chance to come back and uh, and cheer them on, no doubt. Uh, For sure. For all right. Sure. Yeah. Peter, thanks. Appreciate the time. Yeah, of course. There you go. That's Peter Skoransky of the Wildcats, number 77. They get set for uh, the uh, trip to State College. So uh, Northwestern revealed the uh, the plans for the new Ryan Field on Wednesday. It's going to be built entirely with private dollars. Uh, big uh, contribution, biggest ever from the uh, Ryan family. It's going to be entirely privately financed. Uh, the capacity will be reduced by 12000 to 35000 We'll have a canopy that will help reduce uh help keep the noise in which is important in trying to really develop a a strong home field advantage and also help the community that uh, won't have to hear as much noise when when there's a big game going on and also uh it will reduce traffic congestion in the area and they're coming up with some other ways to do that i've i've had a chance to see the the renderings of it joe and it's it's really exciting i think they've got it right you know a lot of the new stadiums now are being built a little bit smaller and let's face it northwestern's the smallest school in the big ten the only private institution and uh, a seventy thousand seat stadium a ninety thousand seat stadium that's that's not in their best interest and even if they could allow if the city would allow them to build something like that i don't think it fits it this is something that really i think will fit the university plus they're adding a lot of public space that the university community the evanston community can use i think they've gone about this exactly the right way and i i'm anxious to see it it's going to be a few years still 2026 they're going to play uh, the rest of this season and the next season in the current ryan field and then uh, the wrecking ball arrives they uh they get to work on the next era and i i think it's pretty exciting it's going to be fun to see how it develops yeah, it looks really, really nice. Uh, the, the biggest question I have is what is going to happen with the Dave Bennett broadcast booth? <laughs> is that going to be some sort of roving uh, hover cam? You know, is it going to move around, or is it just going to be exactly where it where it is in the uh, current Ryan Field? I'll, uh, be bro- you- I'll be first of all, uh, Lord willing, I get to broadcast from the new Ryan Field, and secondly, maybe they'll have me in a in a drone drifting over the stadium. That would broadcasting be really cool. for that. As long as the referees know that. <laughs> that you are still part of the broadcast. Yeah. Uh, what I liked about it is, as you said, it keeps the noise in. And it, the, I don't think you necessarily need a 100,000-plus stadium in order to make an impact on the opposing team. You know, when those when, when the fans are d- doubled up like that, it's a, it's, it's a, there's a second layer, second level of seats. When it's right on the field, it, it, it almost had like a Chicago stadium feel to it. When you look at it, and, and they're kind of just right there, right on the field. It's interesting you say that because that was sort of one of the models for the design was the old Chicago stadium. And, and I think if you look at Welsh Ryan Arena, and again, that was downsized a bit when they 
basically rebuilt it. I mean, I know it was technically a renovation, uh, but it was downsized a bit, and the fans are are really, it, it goes up a little higher, and the sound is kind of trapped in there now. It's it, it hasn't been full of Northwestern fans often enough. Hopefully that'll change, but when it has been, it's really loud, and you really get that home court advantage. I think this place down the road will provide that same kind of edge. So it'll be fun to watch it develop, and of course, much more on that. Uh, we'll continue to uh, to follow the development of the new Ryan Field, and there's also a, a website. If you go to nusports.com and uh, rebuildryanfield.com, they have a website there, too, with a lot of the frequently asked questions, how it impacts the community, uh, why they're building it, all that sort of thing. So very interesting stuff. Interesting weekend coming up in the Big Ten, along with the Cats and the Lions. Uh, Illinois going to Wisconsin, the return of Brett Bielema as uh, the Illini, who are off to a 3-1 and one start, take on the Badgers, who already have two losses. Uh, Indiana playing at Nebraska. Uh, the other Big Ten matchups, 21st-ranked Minnesota. They're looking good, coming off a, a real drubbing of Michigan State in East Lansing last week. We'll get to that soon. Hosting for two. <laughs> Number four, Michigan at Iowa. The uh, Hawkeyes' track record against top ten teams, well-documented at home. Number three, Ohio State hosting Rutgers this week, and Michigan State tries to bounce back on the road at Maryland, which played Michigan tough in Ann Arbor, but came up a bit short in that one. All right, so let's get to our Super Joe prediction of the week. Prediction. Super Joe's Predictions. All right, as we said, uh, we, we would get back to the Minnesota-Michigan State game. Uh, that was my pick last week. I had the uh, Spartans getting three points at home, and you could have given me 23, and it still wouldn't have been enough. I was That's shocked true. by that outcome, to be honest. Uh, I thought it was a gift to get some points at home. Uh, coming off of that bad loss to Washington, I thought that the Spartans would really bounce back, uh, again, especially at home. Minnesota, all credit to them. You know, Ibrahim is really running all over the place. The defense is playing well. Minnesota looks like... Like, you know, they're in the driver's seat to go, to go somewhere in the West Division. Well, this is kind of their year, right? Tanner Morgan's back. They, we've talked about Penn State having experience a quarterback. Tanner Morgan's right there for Minnesota. Ibrahim has come back strong from his knee injury in the season opener a year ago. And I think Minnesota is going to be very tough out in the Big Ten West. If you really look at it right now, Joe, they might have the edge in the conference uh, certainly they're they're undefeated uh, but um, uh, there's still doubters out there I, I'm with you I, I think that was an impressive win last week I thought Michigan State just ran into a buzzsaw against Washington and would bounce back at home and it it just didn't happen so all right so what you got for this week so moving on to this week I'm going to the uh, big kickoff in Iowa City as we uh, also mentioned earlier uh, a place where Jim Harbaugh said top five teams go to die which is not really what you want to hear from your uh, top five head co- excuse me head coach doesn't um, really build confidence no, does it doesn't it, it does not uh, this of course is a team that um, they played each other in the Big 10 championship last year Michigan with a route 42 to 14 um but also, the last time they were in Iowa City was back in 2016 when Iowa dashed Michigan's uh, college football playoff hopes with a, with a field goal at the buzzer. I don't think that happens this week. I think Michigan continues that uh, that dominance. Despite J.J. McCarthy's first road start, 
I'm going to go with Michigan's team total over 26.5 points, and that's against the number one defense wow. in all of college football. Yes. So I think Michigan goes in there and takes care of business, scores all, all the points they need, um, scoring at least 26.5. All right. That's going to be a good game. It's going to be an interesting game to watch. I, I don't know uh, how close it's going to be. We'll see. But Iowa's defense is really good, so that would be quite a statement by Michigan. And, you know, obviously this is a team who, you know, finally got the monkey off their back, beat, beat Ohio State last year, won the Big Ten championship. But Jim Harbaugh always has trouble with that first road game. So mm-hmm. this is a team that had the luxury of playing in Ann Arbor for the first five games of the season. Now it's finally October, and they're on the road, and that is not an easy place to play. I wish we had uh, Danny here to tell us some Iowa City stories because that is a rough, rough place. I'm I'm just glad it's not under the lights. We're going to be in there in a few weeks, too, on a Halloween weekend, by the way. Is that a night Cats game? visit Iowa. Not a night game. Still uh, scary. Thankfully, <laughs> still scary. That's right. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Collegiately Speaking. Dan will be back with us next week. Uh, many thanks to Steve Jones, the voice of uh, Penn State, for for jumping on with us. Also, Northwestern tackle Peter Skorowski. Thanks to you, Super Joe, for your help as always. I'm Dave Ennett. Don't forget Northwestern and Penn State Saturday afternoon, 2 o'clock on WGN Radio. We hope you'll join us then and join us next week for Collegiately Speaking.